Welcome to So Farscape. A fun-filled Farscape fan cast by a fervent fan. And a frankly fascinated first-timer. I'm Kaki. I'm Kay. And, and this, this is, is the story, story So Farscape. Okay. A fervent fan? A did... Oh, it, well, on occasion. I mean, okay, well. <laughs> you know, sometimes when Ben Browder's wearing those, those tight, tight leather pants, as he has been almost constantly this entire Yeah, oh, there's been a lot of leather in, on Ben, uh, even though he doesn't play a, lot, a big part in this episode. No, it's... Uh, okay, so... The story so farscape. Take it away. The story so farscape. Uh, a science jock gets thrown into a distant galaxy through a wormhole and has to... Uh, Adapt to living on board of a living ship with his new crewmates, who are ex-prisoners, ruthlessly pursued by an insane military commander. Although yes. we've changed insane military commanders in the meantime. Yeah, very good point. And, uh, I mean, this is a good time to do a little flashback, because that's a bit of a flashback episode, isn't it? Very good. Very good, yes. Okay, I was yeah. just swept away. I forgot how much I enjoyed hearing you, <laughs> hearing you count it. But it's actually a very good point that you, that you made about uh, 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 taking a little flashback to, for instance, a Scorpius being the new insane military commander. Mm. Um, like, okay, so today's episode, spoiler, is uh, uh, 208, Dream a Little Dream. Uh, it's all about lawyers. We're going to talk about it in a second. But because it's all about, like, lawyers, laws, rules, I've given some thoughts to the scoring system for your special Farscape fun oh. bucks that you've been... Uh... Uh, do tell. Okay, so here's what I'm thinking. You've got a lot of points stuck in fairly long-term predictions. Right. Right? Which... Uh, I don't know how fair that is. Like, how do you accrue them if yeah. you say, you know, uh, uh, like one of them is that there's going to be a pregnancy thing with Chiana. Right. Well, you might have to wait, wait until season another, four or yeah, whatever. Sixty yes. odd episodes, or however. <laughs> so here's what I'm uh, what I'm thinking. You make a wager, just yeah. as you've done before. Yes. Like last week, you wagered that Rigel is going to lawyer up. Yeah. The number of weeks that it, the number of episodes that it takes <laughs> to actually be proven right is your multiplier. So. Okay. If you want to take, yeah, you want to take long-term predictions, you're going to have to, like, specify a duration. Right. But, like, high risk, high reward. I mean, okay, so the lawyering up kind of, like, proved, got proven true. Yes, exactly. So you had a wager of 10. You're, you're absolutely correct. So that was last episode that you made the, uh, the prediction. Uh, there was two episodes, so uh, that gets you 20. Excellent. Well done. I'm just updating my uh, uh, my handy dandy database. Well done. Uh, that brings you up to I think 115. I don't have the total here. Okay. But for instance, you also had Scorpius becoming the new villain, which you made at the end of of season one. I mean, we haven't really seen Scorpius again, so we <laughs> did see he did the wanted beacons. Right. True. True. He's, I mean, he's still he's still hunting for John, or more specifically for the information in John's head. Oh, okay, okay. No, here's a here's a fun little wager. Do you want to take the wanted beacons as evidence that he's the new villain, and that gets you, you know, I think that's episode four of season two. So that gets yeah. you like times times four. four. That's thirty points times four is one hundred and twenty Farscape fun bucks. Or do I want to like let it ride and see if I can? Uh... But maybe maybe he won't be the villain. Uh... Ooh, do you want to? No, I think I'll let it ride. You'll let it ride? Yeah, oh. yeah, I'll let it ride. I also love to live dangerously. Yes. Very good. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, uh, I mean, flashback is a, is, a, is a really good point. Oh, oh, wait, wait. No, we've, we've got a format for this. Yes. We can, uh, uh, we've got uh, listener submissions of synopses, and uh, uh, you can do this yourself if you have a clever, absolutely incomprehensible, totally useless way to describe upcoming episodes for us. Please do Which so. Which is still factually correct. And ideally recognizable, please don't use, like, let's try not to use anybody's names. 
Yeah. Right? I think that's a that's a fair one. You can find the link on our Twitter. That's at SoFarscape. There's a link to this handy little form where you can do that. And all our listeners have delivered some doozies for this week's episode. Absolutely. Greg says, A therapy session turns into a few good moyens as the crew encounters the scariest planet, a world of lawyers. A few good moyens is so good. <laughs> Thank you, Greg. Uh, oh, we've got a musical one from uh, from Wookie. Sweet dreams till moonbeams find you. Sweet dreams that leave all vivid hallucinations of John Dargo and Aaron behind <laughs> you. Sandra recaps her time on a planet infatuated with the rule of law where you're guilty until proven innocent by, by a stick, stick on fire. Yeah. The planet's actually called Litigara, which I didn't catch on until about halfway <laughs> into the episode. I know. <laughs> when exactly was that? I know, it's so... This is such a high-concept episode. So we have a planet which apparently consists of 90% lawyers. Yes. uh, 10% people uh, called utilities. And I figure that from the way the planet looks, at least half of those people must work in rigging or lighting. Because, (laughs) damn, it looked nice. (laughs) Yes, right. It's so... Man, it's... it's Dramatically lit, shadows everywhere, even in the cell. Blade Runner, right? Yes, even in the cell, and like like when uh, Zahn was moving around, like she was moving in and out of the light, and that must have taken like so many takes, like, no, you were leaning too far forward again, like, dude, back, we couldn't see your face. (laughs) Yeah, the wonderful silhouette work as well. Like, there's a shot where we see uh, Darko, Aaron, and John walking toward the the camera in silhouette, in slow motion. Glorious. Do you know that this was originally filmed, this was the very first episode filmed for season two? Yeah, I can imagine that, because it basically fills in a little bit of the time what happened with the uh, the people on Moya. Uh, yeah. Around. But I also think that keeping it the way they did maintained the pace a lot better of the beginning of this new season. After it, You wanted Agreed. to resolve the tension with what, what happened to John and Dargo be floating out in space. Yeah. And I think like cutting it in together with this would have dramatically uh, just been a screaming i mean a very bold decision but like yeah. yeah you've just been waiting however many months for season two to come out and then the first episode doesn't have like half the cast you only have well they had them in in in, uh, in zan's visions i suppose which yeah. she has some very vivid visions i mean Gosh, yeah. to the point that she can't tell whether they're real or not at certain point i mean i guess she was in the in the depth of her depression or her uh, emotional despair, distress at that yeah. point which which shows very well i mean it's like yeah it's like I thought that was a very strong episode for Zahn. It's like it throw, it's a little bit of a throwback to the period which I think and hope for her sake is kind of behind her. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 a good way to bring that back a little bit and and, and show us a little bit of the tension that went on. And okay. I, I really enjoyed that. Everything you're saying, like this was originally one of the first four scripts written for for Farscape mm-hmm. when it was still uh, called Space Chase, like way back in the nineties. Right, and that's why it has this almost sort of season one feel. Like, a planet full of lawyers. That's gonzo bananas. That's that's it's, just bizarre. It's very Star Trek-esque. I mean, very I, I, much I, would so. have, uh, I, would have, I wouldn't say that's a bad thing in this case, because I, I thought it was a really good episode. It would have been a great episode of Star Trek. Yeah. yeah, but it's like the typical thing. It's like we find the planet and, like, you know, the planet of the lawyer people, or in this case, as I uh, wrote it down in my notes, oh. the uh, the planet of the wild jail bars. Oh, 
Yeah. It's like, yeah, you've got this jail bar, which at one point gets dramatically melted, but she could have just slipped through those. I know, they're very wide. Yeah, but uh, they got the alternate, like, really wide jail bars, and then, like, with the fine mesh. Yeah. I guess, again, dramatic lighting, because there's some gorgeous (laughs) shots where they have the shadow of that uh, grill projected on the people sitting in the cell. Oh, yeah. The the whole thing is is absolutely amazing. This was... So the reason this was this was filmed first was, I mean, they were switching studios, you know, stage, right. sound stages yeah. from uh, from season one to season two because uh, Fox Studios had been taken over by uh, by Star Wars Episode Two, and Moya hadn't been built yet, so they right. had so to they... have an episode that didn't take place on Moya, other than pilots, which are cutaways that they yeah. could film later. I suppose so. Yeah. But as a, as a result... And that's I mean, why it opens on the transport pod, I guess. Although they probably did that later. Uh, yeah. So they did that at the at the time of, of shooting. But this is one of, I think, three openers and, and buttons that was filmed. In case it was going to be like the... If it was going to be the very first episode, uh-huh. they hadn't decided yet. Then it was going to be a, a scene between Zan and Pilot sort of comforting each yeah, other. Yeah. Or it could have come after episode three. Or at this point where, you know, the, 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 the plot hook is uh, Kidva barbecue. Some... Joker decided to store his key to a barbecue in the nav linkage. By Rigel. Yes. You betcha. I had no idea it was so chaotic until I dived into, wow, you were flying by the seat of your pants. As as good writers do. Uh, writers and, and the animatronics team as well. Yes. Oh, yeah, I suppose so. So they just had a brand new Team Rigel and a brand new, like, animatronic puppet which, that they were working which they, on. Which they took good advantage of. I love the way that uh, Rigel's eyebrows are still properly manicured yes, here. Yes, they're lovely and waxed. And, and they had some gorgeous shots with him. Uh, some and, of them a little bit CGI-y, but still very well done. Oh, I don't know if there's any CGI of them. Which one are you thinking of? Uh, the one where he uh, uses his throne sleds to float up over the uh, lawyer oh. ta- the table. You can see that it's a little it's gr- a little bit green screen, but it's like much better than they did in the first season. I mean, imagine being Tim Meaville. Imagine being like the new puppeteer. Okay, you're gonna you're gonna take over. Yeah, no problem. We've got a whole team. All right, this episode we're gonna have him in every scene. Oh. Yeah, okay, so are you okay with never sleeping? Good luck with that. Because <laughs> normally he's in like, uh, uh, oh, what was it? Like, I mean, a handful of scenes. Like yeah, but this was ten, definitely, maybe. I mean, I wouldn't call it a Rigel episode, but it was a very Rigel-heavy episode. And it's nice to get that. Like, Rigel, Chi, Zan, oh my God, she gets so much to do. Yes. So, shall we get started with the episode? Because we've been, like, nattering for a bit about, the, I like, know. We're, we're getting ahead of ourselves, I think. <laughs> Prepare to stop him. So we open with, uh, uh, I mean, kind of the same kind, the same sort of thing that uh, season two opened with, uh, a fake-out sort of flashback. Zan yeah. is having a stress dream about what happened to... Uh, My first thought, like, are they in negative space or something? And is this a, is this a John flashback? But no, it turns out that oh. uh, a scene where John and Dargo are uh, drifting in space and... and uh, Erin is trying to rescue them, but she gets shot upon by prowlers and marauders, and it ends with John's visor cracking and his head a little, exploding. Yeah, a little bit of uh, what's it? What you call it? Schwarzenegger total recall. Total recall. Yes. yes, that's <laughs> On the one. Mars, you see his face. This oh, is a. It's really gross too. No! <gasps> Damn, saying that is where heart attacks come from. But it turns out that it's like Zahn having a bad dream whilst John is trying to fix the nav systems of the transport pod. Were you fooled? Well, I thought it was a John flashback, not a Zahn oh, flashback. Oh, like so, yeah. Because yeah. it's it's got this this sort of uh, like white vignetting around the rims of the frame, sort of like a, right. I don't know, a strip mall wedding photo. <laughs> Vegas uh, wedding chapel. Yeah, there you go. Does this guy just scream Vegas or what? Uh, Zahn wakes up in, in stress. 
John gets a little fright. He says, you almost give me a heart attack. My circulatory organ does not seize up. Yes, but mine does. <laughs> Those translator microbes, they're doing very good work here. True, true. John tries to uh, extract from her what it is that is troubling her, and she's a little bit reluctant to tell him about it. Yes. Which as... I don't really understand, because it's like... I mean, okay, it wasn't a pleasant time for her, but there doesn't seem to be anything overly traumatic or embarrassing or anything which might, like, stop her from talking about it. It seems like the kind of thing that... Ooh, let's think about that for a second. So what would she be ashamed of? Because you're right, um, uh, uh, she doesn't want to talk about it. Apparently, Rigel and Chiana didn't want to talk about it either, John well, the, mentioned. That they specifically said that you should talk to Zan about it. We're not the ones who should tell you about this. Now, she was sort of in charge. She took charge mm -hmm. of uh, uh, Rigel and Chi, and, like, the main source of conflict is with pilots, or specifically Moya, who wants to leave and search for her offspring. She's right. missing Talon. And I think eventually, yeah, the, so the, this is the final planet out of like 20 that they've been uh, that they've been investigating. Yes, all the planets that they could have possibly reached with the Prowler, mm. uh, which they've been going by one by one. And it's like, it's like, it's like they're in Coruscant. It's like big yeah. towers, big buildings and everything. And so they just go into one bar, ask exactly. around, and like, oh, no, they haven't seen them yet, so no, clearly oh, they're not here. Not on this planet either. <laughs> just every planet, you go into one bar, get totally dren-faced, yes. and then is, you call it a day. Which is what Rigel is doing. Buy a drink, beautiful. Getting dren-faced is not helping Rigel. Well, it's helping me. I mean, he's putting the moves on Zan. She's, she's having none of it. Chiana is... Uh, uh, doing what she does best, making friends, uh, kicking people's ass in the in the background for uh, for whatever reason, and Zan having uh, received no information about. Oh, I like that, by the way. A Sebation, a Luxon, and a another Sebation. Walk into a bar? Yes. No, they didn't. Oh, not oh. here either. So yeah, you said getting drenched face, but I, th I thought I heard them use the term "blaze out" or something like that. Tell me why she's just going to have to blaze out. Another one of those neologisms. Maybe that was it. Yes. Chill out, maybe. I guess. Yeah. yeah. But yes, uh, Zan, bre uh, Zan well, I was say breaks down, but she uh, acquiesces to uh, John's uh, insistence to uh, tell him about it and like maybe get it off her chest. And she like starts regaling the tale. It's a long story, but I kind of got my hands full here. Oh, uh, yes. Prompted by John singing. Sweet dreams till sunbeams find you. Sweet dreams that leave your worries behind you. But in your dreams, whatever they be, dream a little dream, dream of, of me. In... Yes. He's got a nice singing voice. Yes, he, he does do well. A sort of okay. Uh, which was apparently another Ben Browder ad lib. But nevertheless, so she hooks into that immediately. I was indeed having a little dream about, about you. About you, yes. So, I can imagine Data saying that in Star Trek The Next Generation. <laughs> Does he dream? I suppose he programmed himself to dream at a certain point. Yeah, it was really bizarre. He had a telephone in his chest and oh, uh, uh, yes. LaForge had, had an anvil. Unlimited data plan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, what am I going to do with you? Actually, that's the sentiment that, that Zan has when uh, when she sees like Rigel collapsed on the on the table, Gianna making trouble. She grabs both of them and oxters both of them. Yep. One under each arm out of the... She is strong. Drags them out, yep. Chano is like kind of flirting with uh, some of the locals and another one of the locals is keeping a close eye on them and like does little communication blips like I think I found the right person. I'm onto it now. Yeah, she's she's like one of the sleazy aliens in uh, in Moss Eisley who yes. uh, radios back to the empire that oh, I think I found who you're looking for. She is so sleazy. I don't even remember what her name is, but she's so smug. <laughs> you won't be needing your communications device. <laughs> 
There's a little scene where uh, Zahn is talking to pilots to try to get to convince pilots to let them stay a little bit longer, I think, so that they can do a little bit more investigation on the planet. And uh, Zahn gets framed for jaywalking. Attention, pedestrian. Do not cross. Do not cross. This whole scene is a microcosm of like acting and drama and... I was going to say Farscape. I don't know necessarily Farscape because Zan wants to keep searching. Moya won't keep searching. So Zan says, give us one more cycle of this planet and then we'll come back with or without uh, John and Aaron. Rigel and Chiana freak out and she lays down the law. Hey, I've seen how you're you're melting down after after just missing them, and I hate to see how you're going to freak out. Deal with your actual gr- processing grief rather than processing trouble. She's and very yes talking about herself. Obviously, oh yes, there's a little bit of projection going on there. But yes, yeah, she uh, the lady who was following them manipulates the traffic light. You may proceed. And gets Zan almost overrun, and like getting hit by a car is apparently an offence that you get arrested for on on uh, Litigara. Litigara, yeah. She gets uh, she gets grabbed by uh, the, the the Devo police, mm-hmm. sort of like on um, on on Sycar, where they've got the the sort of darkened visors over there over their faces. Yeah. I wonder if they're the same sort of helmets, actually. I don't know what Sycar is, but uh... oh oh, it's the it's the work planet with the Tanak root in. Oh, that one. Yes, I see. What yeah, you thank mean. God it's Friday again. again oh no, they again, were red visors. Yeah. Whatever. But yes, uh, after the after the opening credits, Chana comes visit uh, Zan in prison. Falsely imprisoned. Yeah, or in the ja- space DMV. Jail, actually, I suppose. And there's a, uh, a pro bono lawyer, I suppose. Uh, I mean, that's where we learn that 90% of the people on this planet are lawyers. There's so much exposition in this who, episode. Who is willing to uh, cover her case. And she figures, like, oh, you're an off-worlder. It's a first-time offense. You'll probably get off easy, 10 days, minimum sentence. Yeah, minimum sentence. Good judge on a good day. Yeah, shouldn't be a problem. And but- he's so, like, he's also very sleazy. He's got a cell phone. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. Okay, talk to me. Mm-hmm. That he talks into, oh, like, yes. hey, talk to me. Yeah, no, darling, we can't do lunch today. Oh. <laughs> He's only half listening, and Zan has, has a, a little conniption. A little bit of a freak out, grabs him through the bars, drags him against it. Soldiers have to come in to uh, electroshock her with their uh, cattle prod rods or whatever it is. She she knocks one to the side. She is incredibly yeah, yeah. She strong. Is like, when she is amped up, then she is like a force to be reckoned with. Cut to a scene where we see uh, Sleazy McSleazy Pants uh, talking to some bigwig lawyer, telling that they found the perfect person for the scheme they have in mind. Could you keep these characters straight and sort of keep telling them apart? Yes, because their clothes are sufficiently different. I mean, they're all wearing these cowls or the baklava stuff with the little head head, head thing on top, head padding. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's a little cap. Right, it's... Tricky, but at least the outfits were sufficiently different that you could just like go, oh yeah, that's the red guy. He's the head honcho lawyer. Yeah, uh, very good. And all in black. That's the uh, assist, uh, executive assistant who does all the dirty work. And this sort of crinkly gold outfit. I mean, they all looked like I don't know, like a like a like a nineteen eighties West Berlin disco <laughs> nightclub. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like I, the, I'd never been there, but in that in those times, well, I like don't think ex- I've ever been in a disco club in West Berlin. But uh, extreme like shoulder pads and very baggy blousing, and there's and there's leather and there's crink. I mean, just imagine filming this on the on the set, and everybody's just crinkling around. <laughs> Well, actually, from the shot that uh, Plex uh, showed us uh, when we were waiting for the episode, we had, like, big lawyer dude and this assistant person. And it was hard to see because it was a small thing. And for a moment there, I thought assistant person was Scorpius, and we had the uh, lawyer guy being Q from... uh, 
Star Trek. <laughs> what a show this would have been. I mean, fair enough. I mean, I can I can write that episode. It would be like Scorpius fails to catch up oh with Moya and her crew, goes crying to his big brother Q and <gasps> assists, enlists his help into catching up with the uh, Oh, it's finally happening, Kay. I, I knew that I was going to get you to write a whole episode of Farscape. <laughs> this is your, this is your, well, this is just your first pitch. I mean, let's consider this like one of the, one of the, sort of like with this episode, one of the first four that you write and then, well, no real place for it in the first season. So we'll use it in the second season. We'll just do a quick rewrite. <laughs> Actually, I read in oh yes, in one of my many sources. So yeah. I've been I've been delving into uh, uh, the unauthorized, uncharted territories companion that was sent to us by uh, one of our listeners. Thanks again, Gareth. And also the visual companions. I remember there was a there was a story that um, so this was one of those first four scripts, and it was the one that was sent to uh, Rod Perth, a big wig at uh, at Sci Fi Channel first. Mm-hmm. And he really dug it. And based on the strength of this story, oh. he asked to see the pilot of the show that was then called uh, Space Chase. It hadn't been renamed yet. Oh, wow. So this is like the one they had on the back burner for a very long time. Yeah. Oh, well, it's like it's a fantastic episode. I mean, yes, I can see how that would have uh, sold it. I know. I'm really heavy on the trivia. I'm just, I'm just really loving it. And I've... <laughs> I've even put an order in for like the 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 creature design book, which oh, that should be fantastic. I'm gonna heavily redact it for you because I was gonna it, say I would like be so loving to see that, but I guess it would be too many spoilers for anything that's in the upcoming. <laughs> when it when it gets here, I, I found it on eBay. Someone had uh, had a copy that I could afford because it's it's quite an expensive one. We are going to have to maybe do some crowdfunding for this show oh, okay. to keep up with like the hosting and all this. It's 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 going to arrive soon, and I'll make sure I'll, I'll find us like a cool page that we can uh, that we can look at together. That sounds fantastic. I'm looking forward to that. So, uh, not looking forward is Zan, who is having the first of her many many episodes during this episode. Uh, <laughs> I like that. Uh, where she sees that uh, incredibly cool slow motion backlit scene of the people she is like pining for missing oh, uh, it's walking so in. Good. They're all holding a gun. John's in his flight suit. Erin's in her flight suit, stripped down to her waist. She's got an Ellen Ripley look. They look so baller. And see, it's great because like you can properly see how tall Dargo is in this one because like he's almost like a head taller than uh, John even. Yeah, uh, yeah. You sort of forget that he is. Ma- I mean, he is a like six foot six nerd on yeah. platforms <laughs> yeah they need to make him even taller than he already was but yeah so there's a little bit of zan seeing them and going like oh you came to rescue me She's so and happy you're here to rescue me <sighs> yeah and unfortunately it's a big disappointment for her <laughs> i need you here to rescue me even though after it turns out that she realizes that they're not real, uh, we have a uh, Terminator 2 moment of John walking right through the... I had the, that too! <laughs> the T-1000, T- yeah. he walks through the, the mesh. And he actually just has a little sit down next to Zahn, and he, he just comforts her, like she puts her head on his shoulder, and he's like... So, uh, there was an observation in the, in the Uncharted Territories book that I thought was really, really on the, on the money. Because John, John talks to her about how unlikely it was that, that they would have survived and that she needs to let go. Yeah. The chances that we survived that you'd find us were 10 million to one. You knew that the moment you starburst away. And just refusing to accept it. And now you must. Aaron sort of guilt trips her like uh, 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 John is appealing to her reason Aaron is appealing to Zan's guilt mm-hmm. and Dargo to Zan's spirituality it's oh. Dargo's 
uh, sort of vision, the ghost of Christmas future, I right. guess, encouraging her to like recommit herself to the Delvian Seek, which we later see her doing. Like she shuts down. Yeah, such a such a cool pattern. I really wonder not to like keep peeling the the, the layers back, but there's just a lot with this episode. It was written by Rockney S. O'Bannon, but he wrote it under his pseudonym Stephen Ray. Yeah. I wonder what the case is. Like, was he being modest? Was it a, a contractual thing? Was he maybe not super happy with this episode? I couldn't find any information about okay. that. Maybe, maybe it's like because it was written so early on that he was like not performing under his real name yet at the oh, time. Oh, that's possible. The fact that it's just so old that it's it was that's still written under a different name. Yeah. Look but, at us being little sort of copyright lawyers. Oh, we're like well, I mean, that's like, the, the it's a planet of the lawyers. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, after she realizes that she is having a vision or a dream or whatever it is, our little sleazeback uh, corporate assistant shows up yeah. and makes her an offer. And at first, like, I think she's also again thinking, like, okay, am I imagining this as well? But no, she just like points her little traffic light controller device at the jail bar and melts it down. I love that effect because it's it's sort of like a little like a little squirt of energy that arcs out and down from her from her thing and sort yeah. of melts the melts the bar it's so cool so this is the thing that i i kind of okay so quick recap uh, mm-hmm. sorry quick forecap uh, she tells uh, zan that this is her only chance to escape and here's instructions to uh, get the gtfo yep. and zan asks why are you doing this and so like, do you want to escape or do you want answers and zan goes like mm, okay like wanders out this sets off the entire chain of the rest She's of a, the lawyering yes. but the, the one thing that never came up is like how did she get out it's like the jail bar was melted. It's like the yeah. Th- there, there's some talk about like shift changes and how she managed to escape right without anybody noticing. But th- the elephant in the room is like, how the hell did that bar get melted? Yeah, huh? Well, um, hmm. I mean, maybe she puts it back after Zan leaves. Uh, yeah, we don't see that. But- and then it's just our mystery. But clearly, she uh, yeah. uh, she left. But like, it can't be argued that she that she left. Because she's outside when no. she's when she's found. Absolutely. So yeah, she goes uh, stumbling through the alleys, and just as she sees Chana and Rigel, there is a bright flashlight which comes shining in from above. We see that there is a dead body at her feet. Yeah. The cops are there immediately. The piece of paper with the instructions of how to get out bursts into flames like a cheap magician's trick. Yes, flash paper. I love it. And there's more shock rods being used to re-arrest her, but this time the charge is murder. Ooh, no. Look, I told you, we are not killers. Things are going from bad to worse. God, those... She takes a lot of shocks. And, yeah. you know, in... in after several decades of discourse about uh, uh, excess violence used by the police against certain Ooh, people, yes. like it, uh, it hit pretty hard. Uh, apparently not so much for the pro bono defense lawyer, who shows up once again to, uh, to greet her through freshly regrown bars uh, and inform her, hey, the good news... Well, the good news is you're no longer facing trial on the traffic violation. You're not on the hook for traffic violations anymore. <laughs> yes, that was funny. Kind of cool that, I mean, she throttled him yes. yesterday... And now he's back on the case. Professional pride, I suppose. Uh, there's a lot of exposition throughout this episode that I don't know that I can I can keep straight in my mind because we go uh, straight to the to the courtroom scene. I so you, so you mentioned the fact that this whole the sets hadn't been built yet. I have the firm belief that they repurposed the. Uh, uh, you know that uh, TV game show called Gladiator where people oh had to God. run around and shoot pneumatic guns at targets and stuff? I swear that this is that same set rebuilt. 
I had game show written down as well because we we pan up from from Zan's cell and through the floor and up into this this huge cavernous. It looks like a looks like a warehouse, like a a, a, a hangar with some cool constructivist art. Uh, the desks are really far away. There's this this cool purple light. Everything is like concrete and metal paneling. It's it's fantastic. But yeah, I sort of expected and Waterface to like show up and uh... what is that woman's name? Oh. Anne Robinson. Right. From the... You're the, the weakest link? Oh, that's the one. Yes. I thought it'd be really cool and sort of make a topical <laughs> reference to, like, 2005, and then I blanked on every single <laughs> aspect. Thank you. But, uh, yes, there's, like, a, a sour-faced uh, a panel of, I assume, a jury or something that, that, that are yeah. sitting there. Yeah, let's there's a say. public tribune, which for some reason has, like, the, the big head honcho lawyer on it. The judge is wearing an outfit that Guinan would be jealous of i know she has a huge hat she looks like like, she's ready for ascot but she she looks like like a a, a licorice all sorts come to life (laughs) absolutely fantastic but she wears it with with such dignity god just imagine being this actress and go oh i get to be on a sci-fi program i have to wear that i do oh sure Okay. For it. Yeah, the, the 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 court proceed the most holy proceedings get uh, started, and it it turns out that it's almost going to be an open and shut case because apparently pleading not guilty is not a thing that you want to do, or at least not that something your lawyers want to do. Because if you do, I put on a defence I even suspect of being false, and I suffer the same punishment as my client. That's incredibly harsh. So no wonder when uh, uh, when Zan pleads her her innocence, her lawyer was like draws. Right. Yeah. The the judge goes like, "Has this been discussed with counsel?" And then counsel goes, "No, no, it definitely does not." Well, then we can't accept your your plea unless you have another attorney. Big silence. I will. And then Rigel and Chiana both start talking at the same time. Exactly, and that really surprised me. Like, I can see from Chiana, I almost expected it, but from Rigel, absolutely not. Like, they're both surprised as well, and they sort of look at each other like two English people trying to get through a door, uh, and then Chiana's the (laughs) one that sort of runs up. I think you mean a Canadian (laughs) standoff. After you. No, after you. Oh, I insist. (gasps) She insisted. (laughs) Now I've got to draw Blue Eyes White Dragon, and it becomes a (laughs) Yu-Gi-Oh! match pans down run to the car first one to get to the door wins <laughs> that's right i think i understand why chiana's the one who leaps into action because the, the this this whole set is so huge she has to cross like a five mile sprint to yeah. get to contestant number one she runs up and pronounces that she will be uh, defending zan and uh Course adjourned uh, i suppose we cut back to the, the cell where we've got, oh, it's so cool, Rigel leaning back against the wall, and, and Chiana comes in with arms full of law books uh, and informs Rigel that, hey, you can't lie. Wait, what? You and me not lying. I am mad. Nobody told us that. <laughs> We're supposed to do this without lying. How are you supposed to f- do a court thing without lying? And Rigel <laughs> and is like, oh, shit. Now absolutely we're... fails. Yes. <laughs> Look, by the time that they actually get to do the lawyering, like, Twice he's he's interrogating by, yeah. some 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 witness and he goes ah but would it shock you to know that we have experts of our own who are prepared to testify that when we oh, Chiana smacks him <laughs> it's like shut up uh, no question uh, the defense rests your yeah. honor <laughs> he's he's pathological he can't help himself no so they uh, retreat to the best place to do some lawyer research which is in the bar where it all started yes. Where they uh, are assisted, I suppose, by the barman, who is one of the utilities. Yes, the other 10%, the underclass, because the we learned that the victim... 
the uh, the bartender is a, is a is a cute gentleman. He's got he's got lovely uh, lovely short hair, and he pours them all a glass of exposition oh. uh, and leaves the bottle <laughs> on the on the table for them all to for yes. them all to enjoy. Okay, so the, the the wisdom victim was like Wesley Ken, and he was a utilities rights mm, advocate, yeah. and he was you know it was a political assassination probably. And God, the 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 laws didn't used to be that complicated. What else was it? Oh. The book. Yes, he, sla- he slips them a little, uh, I know, rules of golf-sized pocketbook. <laughs> yeah, a little book of calm. Which uh, apparently is everything that the laws was was based upon. This this is all the law used to be, but then everybody started becoming lawyers. So in order to be able to accommodate that many lawyers, we have to get more complicated laws. But this is the only part that really matters. And at this point, I'm thinking, okay, we have a Chekhov's law book here. Right. This is going to come back. And uh, I mean, in a way it does, but not in a dramatic way that I thought it would do. What were you expecting? I don't know. I thought like there would probably be some sort of ass pull from Rigel uh, based on the book. Well, but here it says that such and blah 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 blah. I mean, which we they kind of do. Kind of get a, that. But he gets his eureka moment. Yes. What did you say? <gasps> You're a genius. I mean, not quite those levels, but yes, LaForge levels of uh, that just might work. Okay, we have. A lot of court scenes. So let's sort of uh, uh, let's sort of wrap through the the, the beats because. Throughout all this, Zan does not want to be defended. No. She's really concerned, and she feels responsible for Chi and Rigel. Yeah, she wants to like basically take her licks, and as long as it means that Rigel and Chana get to go off the hook. I mean, we have to do the beginning of this, this the next court scene yes. because Chiana is on the desk. She is completely drilled faced, or at least like suffering the effects from a hangover. <laughs> yeah. uh, and to be like, no, it'll be fine. I'll, I can do this. And Rigel like goes like, no one will notice my face down here. Yes, <laughs> Rigel gives her three pills. Take one now, one at lunchtime, and one later if you need it. And <laughs> almost immediately afterwards, Chiana is like. Talking at a million miles a minute, uh, bouncing around all over like, the place. Yes, Your Honor. Yes, I have questions for the witness. Yes, I do. Oh, oh, I definitely do. Oh, I definitely, definitely do. Did I say I did? Because I do. She's just absolutely unstoppable. This was fantastic. I mean, uh, Gigi must have had so much fun just really hamming it up and wow. like <laughs> playing Chiana on eleven or twelve, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just have sugary breakfast cereal soaked in coffee and go, 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 yeah, go, go, yeah. go, because it's only going to last 20 minutes and then I'm going to have a gastrointestinal <laughs> infarction. Well, that was Rigel. You little toad. You had to go for helium now? <laughs> yes, that's another great one. She's, Gianna's actually holding a great speech and then it's interrupted as she starts speaking with a helium. Because Rigel of... is like sitting there farting like it lasts several seconds. It goes on so long and... And he says, I get, you know, it's I get it, nervous. It happens. We're in court. Sue me. Yeah. <laughs> this episode was cuckoo. It went all over the place. It's yeah. so dramatic. It's so cartoonish. It's an absurd concept. Half the cast isn't in it. Like, what other show other than, well, there's tons and tons of exposition, so maybe Star Trek. Right, yes. There's a little bit of back and forth when they're questioning the lawyers. This is where Rigel gets smacked over the head a few times by Chiana when he, like, starts to <laughs> venture into, like, not entirely true territory. We know for a fact that the time of death couldn't be when you said, because... You cannot lie. He's not the only one suffering consequences. Zan tries to uh, change her plea to guilty. Right. Which Rigel steps up and he says, hey, hey, yesterday you wouldn't accept an innocent plea without agreement from her attorneys. Yes. Does the, that same rule still apply? And, like, yeah, the judge goes, like, guess so. A couple of guards grab her and she gets this little mesh in front of her face. Good job. Yeah. Good I job just, actually I just covering the... the... <laughs> I just no, realized. <laughs> 
I heard it in my headphones that like we are we are sort of physical podcasters is is kind of yeah. I mean, you should see the amount of gesturing and we do while we're doing. I do. Well, you do, but occasionally our listeners don't uh, get to see the benefits of. uh, Hey, maybe that'll be a Patreon exclusive. Oh wow! Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! It absolutely won't. If we do do a Patreon, we will spare you that. How about how's that for a deal? That sounds fantastic. I'm sure that people will pay us not to have to watch us. Oh, hold on. Wait, no. no. That is not not true. So, um, um, let's see. After a day in court where not much gets resolved, but again, the hotshot lawyer, about whom we have learned that he is actually the planetary leader because his law firm is the current one in power... Eh, it's it's so much exposition that kind of doesn't matter. But no. yes, that those are the political machinations, and the you know the the the, the lawyer class, the ninety percent, think that the utilities don't need more rights; they need to work harder. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the bar, there's a little discussion between Chana and Pilot about the fact that Moya is getting restless. Moya wants to leave. She misses talent. She wants to go looking for him, and she is about to spin up her uh, drive and GTFO. Yeah. And things are about to get worse because uh, Chiana walks out and she walks into one of my favorite special effects. Like, she's she's sort of stuck in 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 the middle of this murder alley with half her face as if it's sticking through an, an, an oh, electronet. Yes. It looked so good. Which is literally what it's called, I believe, an electronet. Mm-hmm. And she gets hauled off to the... The offices of Huram, Human, whatever, the big... Headshot lawyer. The law firm currently in power is Roman William something. The big horn show and the and the super smug personal assistant who's been doing his dirty work. Yeah, she informs him that you better drop this case and move on without your friend or you'll be put up on charges. False charges. That will nevertheless keep you locked up here in Litigara for the rest of your lives. Yes. Wow. Oh, what a, a sleazebag. Su- such a completely drill face. <laughs> the dren. What dren a face. drill. I don't know. I'm making it up as I'm going along. Dren face. Uh, yeah, Chana goes like, uh, can't be bothered, can't be, uh, like, she p- puts up a little bit of a huffy air, I suppose, and, like, is completely uncooperative. Yep, she's uh, she's kicked back out, after which Pilot informs her, hey, we heard the whole thing. Yes. Your comms, which uh, uh, Sleazy McSleazebag took off of her and dropped in a pint of whiskey. Pint? Half, half a gallon of it. Right. <laughs> it's a very generous supply. Gosh. The- That's a fishbowl that he had there full of it. <laughs> <laughs> he takes a lot of meetings. <laughs> Heard the whole thing and want to give them some extra time because, yes, this, this injustice will not stand. Even even as much as she wants to find her child, Moya still, uh, you know, I mean, she has hung out for almost 20 days to, uh, yeah, to try and help out. Yeah, visiting all these different planets, one bar per planet, no more. It's a shame that uh, Moya didn't have a didn't have a recording. I mean, on, on Star Trek The Next Generation, that's how this would have been solved. They would have found a recording of this confession, essentially, by the, right. uh, by the villain. Yeah, yeah. But that's not Farscape. And it might not be admissible in court and yeah. hearsay and all, the, all that kind of thing. Because that's another thing I noticed. They're not very much about truth-finding in this law system. How do you how do you mean the whole thing with the bars uh, of the cell melting down uh, the fact that the body ended up there they're not they're not investigating like how did he get there what happened with the murder there's like it's there seems right. to be a lot of assertions but not a lot of fact finding and finding out what it is that actually happened yes we we briefly see a, a, a seat like a forensic scientist take the stand also a lawyer himself but we don't get a lot of cross-examination because that's the one where yeah. Rigel keeps lying and uh, I mean they don't actually have any contrary evidence um 
I mean, this may be uh, the the death of a thousand cuts that uh, uh, that this script went through multiple iterations. It was right. essentially rewritten because the the like the ultimate resolution is the victim of this murder had blue eyes, and blue eyed right. people get moon burned when they're out on uh, when both uh, the moons are out. As was the case on the night of the murder. Yes. But the body showed no such burns. Whereas the first officer on site did. And that's used to establish this sort of causal link. But, like, there was an original script where the officer was uh, implicated and indicted, which right. isn't really happening here. We don't even no, it makes get little... who the identity of the, uh, uh, of the no. murderer is. Zahn is being straight-jacketed up for her next appearance in court, or maybe even uh, as a precursor to her execution. I mean, it's a... It's an appropriate sort of thing because she is completely catatonic. She's yeah. just chanting and praying and as we see her later. And we've seen her throwing people around like nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, when uh, she has a vision of Dargo showing up. Sweet Dargo. This is not the first time you've had to endure a cell like this. Oh, oh, yes, you're right. She's not chanting yet. No, it's no. the vision of Dargo that encourages her to... Uh, uh, to Go back into the Sikh. He mentions that he has seen... I have known... Thousands of warriors on countless worlds. Well, yeah. I, I, that I, seems like a lot. Yeah, more worlds than warriors. So he's been to over a thousand worlds, and so he's met less than one warrior per world. Because You sound he, like Bilbo on his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I've met more warriors than half of you, and the other half... <laughs> as well as they deserve. <laughs> But of course, these are these are imaginary figures. I mean, she she's clearly been paying close attention as the uncharted territories observed because her virtual recreation of John mentions Disneyland. Yes. So he must have mentioned that at some point. At some and point, she, and, still, and she confesses to him that like half. Oh, that's right at the end. It's like half the time I have no idea what you're talking about. You and me both. Yeah. <laughs> Chana comes back into the cell where Rigel is actually holding Zahn's hand, which is like yeah. kind of like, but she quickly snatches away when the Chana appears, who seems to be in good spirits. Yeah. Because she has like now she has an angle that she can work, and that's like all she's all about the angles, especially her cheekbones. Gosh, yes. Oof. Uh, grabs Rigel's communicator to, to get back in touch with Pilot. This is a tense moment where we uh, uh, left in doubt whether or not Moya has already left. But this, oh, is, this is when we hear that Moya heard right. about all the uh, everything that went down and that she's decided to give them a little bit more time. Gosh, aren't we lucky that the Treaty of Ntanka 3 is admissible in court? Yes. And the, the, the good news continues because Rigel has another, like, eureka moment. The first one was uh, uh, in the bar when he was uh, quaffing his second pint of exposition. And that's when I think he realized that the, the, the victim had blue eyes. Yes. Something that we weren't told at the time. He holds up a picture and the bartender yeah. goes, Oh, that is him, good. yes. And he has another uh, 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 illuminating moment here as he's reading the Axiom, which is their uh, uh, the, the golf rules because, d- yes, book. Because they have the flaming stick of truth. Mm. Pretty interesting, isn't it? <laughs> the flaming stick of <laughs> Apparently, this script was originally called The Inner Light, which I'm glad they didn't oh. go with that because that is a really famous episode of, of Star Trek Star- The Next yes, Generation. That's one of the highest rated episodes. Absolute in the- masterpiece because, like, in this axiom, this this old old law book, apparently, if you hold a torch near a person, it'll burn brighter when he when he lies. Yes, and they can't like deny it. They, it no, it's like right there in the core rules. So I guess that's a little bit of still a bit of the Chekhov's uh, law book. That's that's where it comes into play. Yeah, because back in the courtrooms, that's exactly what happens. Chana calls a big head honcho lawyer onto the stand. Yep, uh, who does a admirable job at rebuting her questions when she she asks like could this have happened and he goes like hypothetically speaking speaking, yes yeah Yeah. but Chiana just smashes a chair grabs one of the legs (laughs) 
and wanders up to it, and then like, okay, go this like, okay, here is the uh, the the, t- the truth of torch. They they do this whole sort of song and dance. Her and her and Rigel about uh, this is a this is an ordinary chair, don't you agree? It's sort of like they're I don't know stage magicians. <laughs> like this is a whole Very variety good, yes. show. Uh, I will need one assistant and two small aubergines. But they are both in their element at this point. It's it's fantastic. Well, a lot of truth is only ordinary wood. Finally and, playing to their strengths. Yep, yeah, and the judge kind of like is a little bit reluctant, but she goes like, okay. And the uh, head honcho lawyer goes like, oh, it's a metaphor. You're not supposed to take it literally, but it's yeah. in the law book. Exactly. There's uh, nothing in the rules that says a dog can't play basketball. Fair enough. That's, That's how we got Air Bud. Ah, uh, lovely movie. Is it? I don't know. Like, I, I haven't seen it, and that's why I caught your bluff. I always like. I mean, there's, there's been a few basketball movies that it's Air Bud and the Space Jam, and I always get them confused. How? Well, one of them has Bugs Bunny, the other one has a has a dog. Right, but I think they both have Bill Murray, don't they? What? Oh, wait. I'm not sure. I could be wrong. No, you no. You're thinking of Osmosis Jones. And that he also, but but I'm pretty sure that... Uh, where where the, the whole movie takes place inside Bill know, Murray. But I'm pretty sure that Bill Murray is also in at least one of the two. I think he's in Air Bud, but... Wow. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, I stand humbled. Apparently you know more about Air Bud than I do, which is <laughs> well, that one thing. <laughs> uh, Chana has this wicked lighter, which immediately sets the chair leg on fire, but only the end leg. The yeah. end part. It's like, no, there's no flames. It's just like, it's almost like there's like a, a light grow, glowing inside and, and then she's holding a prop. Light. Yes. Yes. Oh. <laughs> but she's got like this magical lighter, which looks like it uses magnesium flares or something to get it, get it going. It's so powerful. I mean, if you have this... How was Zan still in jail? <laughs> I mean, maybe that's how they proposed that they melted the jail bar. Oh, oh, the, I mean, as as weird as the sort of special effect of the glowing end of the chair leg is, mm-hmm. it does cast these lovely god rays around uh, Rigel yes. as, he's, uh, as he's speechifying. I've got to say, I loved it. I... I was not a huge fan of this episode the first time around, as as has been the case with some some other episodes. But man, I loved how how wild it was. I, I thought it was fantastic. I loved it a bit. Head honcho lawyer uh, on the stand, especially when the torch gets uh, brought out, sits there doing. I mean, I can only say like he looked like John Cleese doing an unimpressed face. I mean, like, <laughs> look at look. yes, I know what you I know what you mean. He's got the DreamWorks face almost. The head tilt really. And, yeah, they start putting some questions to him. Like, they reiterate how the the oath that they take to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, and then he vows on that, and that is the most sacred oath that a uh, Lissigaran can take. Yep. I mean, he doesn't seem to be too impressed by the uh, torch because he starts, like, flat-out lying. Yes, of course I'm speaking hypothetically. They ask him, like, did you did you arrange the murder? Are you Do you know about the plot? Did you do anything? And did you order the code red? Cr- Wait, what? Oh, it's a few good men oh, with uh, yeah. Jack Nicholson. <clears throat> but instead of breaking down, they cheat. Yeah, they play they cheat their strengths. Massively. Somehow they get a pilot involved who makes Mo- Moya do something. Science <clears throat> bullshit is beamed down into... I mean, this is the next generationist resolution where it's just, oh, we found this other purpose for the saucer. Bounce the, the particle things of the main deflector shield. Invert and- the polarity <laughs> of the... Oh, yes, and we've soured the milk. Now we can do it. They... And like, they, they flared the torch up. And they convinced the court that you can see our, our, our cool light. He must be lying. Yeah. And if the stick is lit, you must acquit. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. Oh, no. Fantastic. <laughs> we got an episode title here. I, cool. I'm, I'm kind of proud of myself, yes. I've got to say. <laughs> um, 
But, okay, so all's well that ends well, and just like that, we're out of the flashback and yep. uh, and back in the pod with uh, uh, with John and uh, and Zan. And this set, so this, this pod, transport pod set, is super boring. There's nothing going on here. It looks really fake. Yeah, versus there's, like, there's a console in the middle with some and, and some uh, deck plating that John keeps pulling out and disappearing into uh, a couple of sleeping benches, which Zahn is still reclining on, uh, and just some Moya ribs, and that's it. But like the last time that we saw, I mean, we spent a lot of time in here in in the flax, but then they had steam and the lights were yes. going, and it looked much more much more and alive. We can Bernese. There was a lot of pod action. Oh there yeah, as well. very <laughs> a lot of pod action. But it sort of goes to show, like they these sets were built on a budget. It was very expensive for Australian terms, but they were built with like ingenuity and practicality and brought to life, much like the puppets themselves. Like. Uh, design only gets you so far. The rest is animation. Literally like the yeah. endowing of something with life, which when it's not being done to a set like uh, like this, you can really see how that it's kind of dead unless you actually pump life into it. A little bit of moving lights and uh, dramatic yeah. mood lighting. You know, like, I mean, it, it didn't jump out at me to be lacking that particularly. Because it you're... Was- yeah, it's yeah. a really it's a really lovely scene between John and Zan. He understands that like how she's being troubled by this and really, I mean, all's well that ends well, I suppose. Yeah. They have a like a, a first season happy sort of come down after after the yeah, intensity. And alleviated even more by the fact that Moya apparently is back in communications range. Triton, Zan, are you there? Sparky! We're drifting dead. They're, yeah. t- they're talking to everybody. It's like, what kept you? And it's like, well, somebody left their barbecue in the navigation Rigel. system. Rigel. Rigel's been, like, uh, uh, hoarding food again, apparently. Well, what did you expect? It's nice to hear uh, your what, voice again. Yeah, what do you expect of Rigel's literally what's said, which I think should be a wall tile on Moya. It's like, you know, maybe in the bathroom. Or so- oh, sorry, we, wouldn't, we weren't going to talk about Moya's bathrooms, <laughs> no, but, like, exactly. somewhere, in, <laughs> somewhere in control or something. There's, like, a big sign on the wall which says, what, what do you expect of Rigel? <laughs> Well, you know, after this episode, I expect a lot more. We've never seen him step up to the plate like this before. And uh, I love how John calls uh, Zahn a tough little pow. Oh, yes. Tenth level. Tenth level, yes. He says tenth level, but tough little works works as well because he says right. like when we get to the, when you get to level eleven, you yeah. get the TV ministry. Three, yes, and that, that's when she goes like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> it's like, you and me both, babe. Most of the time, I have no idea what you're saying. Good episode. Hey, going back to the to the beginning, John says yeah. he understands why she didn't want to talk about it. Why do we think that is? No, because I don't. Like, yeah. Is she ashamed of descending into the seek, of failing to protect Chiana and, I think and Rigel? I think it's that, because we see that very much in the beginning, mm-hmm. when uh, just before the jaywalking scene. Right. When, they're, uh, when she's like... She 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 literally goes like she she's taken control she's she's stepped up she I mean, literally she grabs call, them both by the ears she literally calls Rigel and Chiana children yeah. uh, I guess she misses like the other people around to have a little bit of uh, rapport from maybe also that she gave up that she that she had a moment where she decided that we're going to return and we're not going to yes she was willing she was willing to leave and uh, leave them behind and like accept the fact that uh, the, the the others were all gone I. Loved this episode. I was not. I was not expecting to. I, I'm I, surprised. Like it. I. It hit off very well with me. I mean, the, the only. 
the only thing I could say about it in a negative way would be like, it felt a little bit Star Trek Next Generation. Yes. No, but that's, that's about, very that's true. literally the only thing I can say about it. But it would have made a damn good Star Trek episode, and it's like a fantastic for, uh, Farscape. It, yes, it absolutely is. Like, in my memory, it was there with uh, you know, Vitas Mortis and Taking the Stone mm-hmm. and uh, A Dream, A Little Dream, and those were like, eh, it's a, it's a sort of tonal missers. Like, certainly, it was such a season one throwback mm. versus the, like, more grounded... Not exactly realistic, but like less concept of the week, right? Than they did in season one, where you know you had the you had the space western on till the blood runs clear, mm-hmm. and the super drugs and the gauntlet in uh, uh, thrown for a loss. Yeah, I really liked it. Also, f- for the little flashback towards like the things that happened around the season opener time, so like yeah. we get a little we get a little bit more background and insight into things that occurred around well, literally mit- uh, between the two seasons. So, willies and woodies? She gives me a woody. She gives you the willies. Oh, my woody definitely goes to Gigi getting to ham it up completely as Chana in the uh, courtroom oh, scene. Oh, chi on pills. Yeah, where she's like rattling off at a million <laughs> miles a minute. And, like, Hi, chi. Yes, that's that's like, that was so fantastically good fun. Mr. San, the defendant. Mr. San, Mr. Sotos, and the woman standing right there. Right there. Do you see her? Because I see her. Do you see her? Woody, well, actually, I'm going to reverse my willies and woodies because my willy goes to the wood. The the prop for the, the right. sort of stick of truth was rubbish. I guess they couldn't, like, have open flame on set or something like that. Why? It was clearly like a hanger. But then again, I mean, everybody's clothes were made out of polyester. Maybe it was True. a health and safety. Chiana's uh, wig, I suppose, is also quite... Oh, uh, wow. Yes, good point. <laughs> <laughs> Woody's... Oh... Uh, it's it's that shot where where Dargo and Aaron and John are just uh, walking yes. down the. Yeah, that is a powerful uh, gif. Yeah, very much so. Uh, Willie, for me, I guess it would be like the the, the lawyer planet where they're they don't, the whole lawyerism seems to be kind of weird because like they were yes. willing to like give someone a uh, trial for traffic violations, but the execution would have almost at one point it almost seemed like oh yeah you're they're gonna kill you and. Like it's all it's all said and done. I mean, if 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 they hadn't like changed lawyers, it would have been an open and shut case, and like no finding of truth, no nothing. It's just like here yeah. we go, there you go, you did it, and we're going to execute you tomorrow. So that's that's I found that a little bit weak for a Planet of the Lawyers type theme thing. I oh, and now I'm wondering whether I mean. We have some very attentive listeners. We actually, on, on Team K, mm-hmm. there's uh, there's at least one person that we know, our friend Crimson, who is watching Farscape for the first time w- along with the, 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 the podcast. He's yes, following he, along he, with... he watches it the day before the podcast drops every week. Oh, and he treats us to these, these wonderful sort of live commentaries. It's lovely to see his observations to the... Uh... Right. I wonder if... I mean, have we missed stuff? Because this was like 2000 that this came out. Mm-hmm. I think it was even aired uh, un- in its original form in, in, in 2000-ish. Like, we are not familiar with the hyper-litigious late 90s culture of the United States or how it was represented or like all these stereotypes that may be obvious to an American viewer but aren't to us. I have no idea. Like, yeah, we, we, we completely missed that frame of reference. We can only do what, uh, what we can do, which is to keep doing it. Let's keep going. And that's the story so far, Scape. Please join us next week for episode 209, Out of Their Minds, <gasps> where Freaky Friday meets the Dark Crystal. Would you rather be in Aaron's shoes or in Crichton's pants? Oh, oh my. <laughs> oh. Hey, do you want to make any predictions? Do you want to put a bet? Oh, oh, geez. Um, yeah, you can oh, do it. Uh, oh, let's see. Freaky Friday meets Don't the Dark Crystal. Don't think about it. 
Don't wait for the translation. Answer oh, me now. Uh, well, oh, come on. You have to give, you have to let, <laughs> you know. give me some time to uh, let this uh, permeate into my mind and have uh, some sort of Hynerian royal uh, artifact comes into play, which gets fought over. All right, all right. How many points, points have you got at five points? That's a, five. Very, that's a fairly large leap, so... <laughs> I like it, I like it. You can find us at SoFarscape on Twitter and Facebook and on SoFarscape.com. I'm Kaki. I'm Kay. So, so Farscape, so, so good. good.